And we're excited about the opportunity of this. And let me just give you a little bit of reference. Um, just a little bit down the road on, on 2700, there is two, I don't even think it's two acres that's for $1 million on 2700. And this is eight acres for $1.3 million. Over here on 2000, which is in 2700, there was three acres that we were looking at. And before we could even put in, have any discussion on it, um, it sold three acres for uh, $1 million. So if you look at what the property is and the value, it's a great deal. Looking at um, the property with a realtor, looking at who we are as a church, we love the community, we want to serve the community, we exist to spread the message of hope to the community, and we want to be there for them. Um, we know that, that purchasing property for $1.3 million would hinder our ability to minister the way that we do right now. What we've talked and kind of processed is we need at least that number to go down to 750000 So the building is, is $1.3 million. The uh, monthly payment on $1 million is about $6,700 a month. And bringing that down to 750000 let me just say this, clarify, with a $300,000 down payment, we bring our monthly payment of about $4,000. That would be above of what our budget is right now for uh, what we have come up with. So we need to be praying about this and seeing how God will provide. Those are just the numbers, but you know what? God can take care of the numbers, you know. And uh, so we're excited just to be in conversation about this. It is something that's doable. The loan committee committee said, you're approved for what you guys bring in and what you, because we don't budget 100% of everything that comes in. And we're good stewards of that. But what we have brought in in the last couple of years, they said, well, you're approved for that, but we don't want to lose who we are, you know. We just want to remain a church that serves our community and loves our community. So I'm asking, be praying about this. Be praying for our board members as we are looking forward to having more discussions about this. Be praying for our church. God, open the door if this is where he wants to go. Close the door if it's not. We can just pray that because we don't want to step into an area that we think is good. But God's saying, I don't want you to push that door open. So if it's God's will, he'll, he'll fling open those doors and we get to walk right through it. Right? And we'll have peace about it and unity about it. And God will just move. So that's uh, just asking for your prayer on that, that uh, as we continue this conversation with property. Amen? Well, before we go any further, I want to open up in prayer, and we're going to uh, head on over to Joshua chapter 24. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your blessings over this church. God, you are the pastor here, and we follow your leading, your provision, and your instruction, and your guiding. Lord, you, you have um, blessed us abundantly, and we're so thankful for all those wonderful stories of life change that have happened here and are continuing to happen. Help us, God, to be good stewards of everything that you've given us. Help us, God, to move in faith and help us to give everything into your hands and to believe in the impossible. God, you're a good God, and we worship you today, and we praise you. We ask that your Holy Spirit teach us new things today as you do every day. In Jesus' name we say together, amen. Joshua chapter 24 is the last chapter in our series of Joshua. This is the first time as a church that we have gone through an entire book where we've opened it up, we've blown off the dust, and we've cracked open the pages to see what God is doing through a man named Joshua. We've taken each and every single week as a week and a chapter together, and we've studied this magnificent uh, story 
and powerful story of Joshua. Now we're on the final chapter. We're wrapping everything up. Everything that has happened is culmination. We're ending with Joshua chapter 24. And let me just give a little bit of an overview of what we've seen. As we've been walking with the Israelites and their new leader Joshua that was after Moses and was handed to them. In the last few weeks, we've seen God do powerful things as he has used this man named Joshua. We've watched as Joshua has planted his feet in a raging, flooding river Jordan. And then his faith in action caused the river to pile up and they were to cross on dry land. We watched as the Israelites marched around the walls of Jericho for six days. And on the seventh day, the trumpets blew and the shouts of praise made the walls, the fortified city, come tumbling down as they treaded on dust. We watched as Joshua prayed the most amazing, powerful prayer written in Scripture where he asked the sun and the moon to literally stop time so he could finish the battle that he was battling. We watched as the land of Canaan, after it was conquered, was divided for the 12 tribes to live in as an inheritance, as a promise way back in the time of Abraham. And last week, we got to see how Joshua old and advanced in his years, gray beard and white streaked hair, steps up to a group of leaders living in the land of peace for almost 20 years, steps up to the podium, speaks to the elders, and reminds them of all that God has done. And that, not, that the, the teenagers that were living among the Israelites hadn't witnessed what they witnessed, and not to let them forget, to not go to the right or to the left, to stay clear in front of them directly towards God, using a road map, His Word, His law to instruct them on where to go. And he preached his last sermon powerfully, beautifully, equipped with a promise and a blessing as well as a warning for all of us to hold to. And today at the end of Joshua, this great book, 24, chapter 24 reveals his final farewell. And he gives them advice and he reminds them of how good God is. Again, telling them of all the wonderful things that God has done for them. And not to forget that. And that to be strong and courageous, it means to remember that God is good. What God has brought you through and out of slavery, captivity. And to remember to be strengthened in remembering the blessings of God in your life and your past and where he's brought you from. How many of you have a story of where God has brought you from and out of? Amazing things that God has done in your life, specifically, don't forget it. And after telling him this in chapter 24, he reveals something to them. And I want to hover over these two verses for us. In verse 14 and 15, some of us will recognize it and some of us will hear it for the first time. And I want you to take a hold of it. Whether you've heard it a thousand times or for the first time, this verse is for you. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods, of your, ancestors, the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River 
and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you're going to serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living in. He's kind of telling them, look where you're at. Look what God has given you. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love that stand of declaration. No ambiguity, no unclear motive. It wasn't like, I think we're going to, I think we might. No, we're going to stand here and we're going to serve the Lord through the good times, through the bad, through the, through the battles, through the unseen, through the blessings, through the promises, through everything that life throws at us. It doesn't matter. We're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what other distractions, I don't care what other offers, I don't care what everybody else says, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what, 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 what seems good, what seems more desirable, what, what seems more tempting, I'm not going to do that. We're going to serve the Lord. I don't care if I become as poor as Job, I'm going to serve the Lord. I don't care if everything gets stripped away from me, I don't care if I lose my life, I'm going to serve the Lord. It's a decision, it's a choice, and it's a challenge. And every single one of us, every single one of you, have a choice, have a decision, and that's the challenge to serve God. Are you going to serve the Lord? It's the same for you and I. Are we going to choose this day to serve the Lord? Now, you've already made a decision. You made a decision to be here. And God will bless you and honor you every time you make a choice to honor God with your decision. Life is full of choices and decisions. The choice to wake up or snooze the alarm clock. The choice to get up out of bed and come to church or sleep in. The choice to go home and eat or go out to eat after lunch or after church. See, there's, there's small choices that we do every single day. And there's thousands of them. And there's also big choices. Planning a family. Stepping into a new career field. There's big choices. Small choices. And, and small choices sometimes have huge impact in your life. There's choices that, that you wish you didn't have so many choices to choose from. God, eliminate the five choices. I don't know what, which decision to make. And other times, you just wish there was another choice to, to choose from. But Joshua says, in all the choices and everything that you have, there's only one that really matters. Are you going to serve God or not in your decision? In every decision you make, you have an, an opportunity to say, I'm going to serve God with my choice. I'm going to honor him. We can make choices from knowing all the facts, or we can make emotional decisions. How many of us make an emotional decision, right, when we go out to eat? <laughs> Oh man, I know I don't want to, but that sure looks good. It's going to make me feel good. McDonald's makes you feel good at the moment, but afterwards it's terrible. It's just like sin. <laughs> and I fall into that trap every time. Oh man, I love McDonald's. After going there, I'm like, I'm never going there again. Next day, I'm at the same thing. Anger, right, is an emotion that can cloud our judgment as well. The pursuit of pleasure can trap us in our decision-making. But Joshua says, forget all of that. I'm going to choose to serve the Lord. For me and my house, me and my family, 
Everybody that's living under this rooftop, this is what we're going to do. We're going to honor God with our choices. And I want to jumpstart this conversation in your discipleship group or your seeds group with some of these principles that will help us as we made the decision to serve the Lord. Many of us have taken that step to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. The best decision you can ever make in your life. Sometimes the hardest. But it's always the best. How many of you know that after being a Christian for any sort of time, you make one decision for Christ, it's not over with that. In fact, it's a decision after decision after decision to follow Christ. Every day we've got to take up that cross. His burden, his yoke is light and easy, but it's still something that we have to carry. A decision to follow Christ is not a one-time moment. It's an everyday decision of a lifestyle. I want to give you a fair warning with my voice. It may go out, but I'm going to preach it anyways. And I'm just not going to hold back. I'm just going to shout it out if I need to. Because sometimes God's passion in me just comes out. And I want to be able to express how I am. But even if it's a whisper, I'm going to try my best. Amen? With the five things that I want to go over to help us in our decision making every single day, I think there are principles that will help guide us in how we choose to serve the Lord every day. We could take these principles, we could take one or all of them. Some of us it's going to be all, some of us it's going to be one that we're going to grab a hold of. The last one, I'm just going to tell you up front, is probably my favorite and it rings true for us at this moment, but yours might be number two. just depends, however God's speaking to you. But number one, how we can make decisions to serve God every day is this. Trust God that God is going to work out for your good. He's going to work it out for your good. In your life, God has good things for you. And when we wake up every single day, are we saying, okay, God does not have good things for me in this day? Or are we going to decide that no matter what comes our way, God's going to make it work out okay? And he's going to turn that around for good. Romans 8, 28 And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And we know that it's going to be all right because God's going to make it work out good. I told this in the first service. I'll tell it in this service. It's not in my notes. But the best illustration that I have, and I've told this before, but it's the very best illustration of this of that God works good things out of terrible situations you may be facing a terrible situation you may need to hear this my aunt June was a woman of faith and she believed in God it was one of those she's one of those people that that trusts God for everything it's just her faith was inspiring It's like, I wish I had the faith of my Aunt June who just had the joy of the Lord no matter what. She was dancing. I remember that she came to the doorstep one time, rang the doorbell and opened the door, and she was sitting there just dancing. It's like, God, I just love being in God's presence. You know, she just was that way. She was kind of, she grew up a hippie, but then, you know, she carried that into the Christian realm. (laughs) Kind of a free spirit, but, you know, God really uh, changed her into a a woman of faith. Anyways, she was diagnosed with cancer. Terrible thing. Cancer is not good. 
And I bet every single one of us could raise our hand and know personally somebody who has been wrecked by the devastating disease of cancer. It's terrible. This happened to her. She had tumors and she had it removed. She had several processes that came back and forth. And, and um, she never, never, never let the joy of the Lord leave her. She just had that kind of faith. Now, her husband, Ron, her husband, Ron, at the time, was, um, he was more of a kind of a, just an observer Christian, I would say. And June was the real, she had uh, ministries happening. She was prison ministries. And she just was, uh, her influence was throughout. And John, or Ron was a great guy. But uh, his faith was just on the back burner at the time. And her prayer was that Ron would just, something would spark inside of his heart to light a fire. And all through uh, the process of the terrible treatments of cancer and all that. And as her body began to fade away and eventually she passed away, she never gave up hope that God would heal her body and touch her. And it could cause you to ask the question, God, if you're not going to heal her, then who are you going to heal? Because she had the most faith out of anyone and you didn't answer her prayer. But after that, after she passed away, Ron, something miraculous happened. And everybody who knows the Wyrick family knows that they are a family that is completely on fire for God. A life-transforming thing happened in Ron. And all of the kids, something happened that, that sparked a new fire, a new faith inside of him and them together as a family after she passed. So her answer to prayer came through her passing and life almost just became transformed inside of him he began to go on a road trip right after she passed away going to coffee shops going to cafes by himself and spreading the love of God to any stranger he would meet this guy is a scientist he has developed medicines and he has done very well for himself and he is promoting and he's speaking a scientific language and connecting it with people to God in his own way and he became a missionary after her death In the moment, it was like, God, why? Why would you take June? But I think that as we see the unraveling of God's big picture, we see how much God has answered her prayer in love, poured his love out on the family. And I think what's very important for us to know that God does not see death the same way we see death. He does not mourn when we die. He does not go into a, oh my goodness, I can't believe you died, it's, I think he's up there saying, welcome. Welcome into the celebration. Well done, a good and faithful servant. He doesn't look at death the way that we do. He doesn't dread it. We might, but he doesn't. So June, God answered her prayer. And that we know that God is going to work everything out for good. She never saw it, but I guarantee you she trusted what God was going to do. She never saw it, but she saw how good God was. It's the beautiful impression of your life and the life of others, right? The life of the impact that you have that God leaves upon you and will flood out to others, that God is good. Regardless of what life throws at you, we can give him our heart and trust that he's going to work it out for good. Number two, he can make a way when everything looks impossible. 
Your day, you may wake up and feel like it's impossible. You ever have those moments? God, all the things that were undone yesterday are today. <laughs> Lord, it's just too impossible what, what I have to do. It's, it's too much work. The stress is too much. I, I, I can't handle it. In the middle of the stress, in the middle of the anxiety and the worry, that's where God will do a new thing in your life. That's where we, He can transform worry and stress into peace. Where people will see on the outside, why aren't you stressed? Why do you have peace? You could point back praise to God. And He will promote a new area of faith so that when something else as stressful as that comes along, it'll be a breeze. Because you not already know how to trust God through the stressful times. Isaiah 43, 19 says this. This is a scripture verse that uh, my mother-in-law challenged us to come up with uh, for the year. And this was one that I feel like God was speaking to me. And it certainly is true of so many new things. And then with Sherry Goss, we've been talking. And there's so many new things. And she said, well, that's my verse too. So it's kind of fun to see God moving in all the new ways. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God, give us perspective to see what you're doing. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Some of you are in a desert. Some of you feel lost. You don't know where to go. You just seem, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what choice to make. I don't know where I'm headed. Lord, I need you to make a new way. Lord, help us to have a perspective to see outside of the circumstances and look with your lens. Help us, God, to not be overwhelmed, not to be crushed, Lord, not to be burdened, but to be lifted high. Help us to see our eyes a little bit fur further than the tree that's right in front of us in the forest. We take a step back and we look from the Lord's perspective. We will begin to see that His plans are just a little bit different than our plans. And that His plans will make our steps straight. That God can totally be doing something in the background of your day of impossibilities. God can be building his greatest miracle in that time of uncertainty, uncertainty or overwhelming. God has already decided for you that he's going to make a new path for you. He's already decided that he has, make, he has made streams of water. Just remember this when you feel like you don't have anywhere to go. You just feel lost. And God is going to work through your impossible day. The choice is yours. Are you going to believe that God can do it through you or not? Number three, trust that the one who saw you from your beginning before you were born, he knitted you in the womb. Trust that the God who saw you from the beginning is going to see you to the end. And we believe that God made you specifically. He knew your name. Before you were born, when he was on the cross, he saw your face, and he saw your sin, and he said, this is for you. He saw you from the beginning. Trust that he's going to carry you to the end. He's not going to drop you. He's going to hold you. And every day, we have that choice to be held by God or not to say, God, I surrender my arms over to you. I'm going to trust you. But you're going to see this to the end. I love this verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And you may know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Right? Can we just let that settle in?
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on our own understanding, our own wisdom, our own plans of getting out of the situation. But in all of your ways, all of your thinking, just acknowledge Him, right? God, I want to acknowledge that you're with me. And He'll direct your paths. If you fear making certain decisions because you're not sure of how God is going to make it work, ask the question, are you trusting what you see or what you perceive in the situation of life? Are you trusting in what God can do? Here's what one statement I want you to hold on to. Are you waiting on the Lord or is the Lord waiting on you to trust Him? Sometimes God is asking us to move when we don't have everything answered in our life. One of the biggest things that we deal with as Christians is we live by faith. But sometimes we get in the trap by wanting to eliminate faith in our life, by having all the answers before we make a step. And maybe God is bringing you into a place that seems like a wilderness, and he's asking you to just go ahead and take a step forward into a direction that you don't see. But he's saying, you trust me, you make that step forward, I will provide the next step for you. See, if we get into this arena of always wanting to have all the answers figured out before we make a move, then all of a sudden we are eliminating what God has called us to be, people of faith. It might be an area for you to move right now where you don't have all the answers, and God is saying, I'm, I'm asking you to move. And you're asking God to move, right? And we're just waiting for God to move, but he's saying, I've already provided everything that you need to know. Are you going to trust me? Every day you can choose to trust him and step out. And spend time with him. Let me just pause for a minute. I don't ever want to preach a blind faith. But I want to promote a healthy faith. A healthy faith is where we spend time with God. If you're unsure, if there's uncertainty, there's fear, doubt, spend a little time with God and say, God, give me peace in my heart. That is the best way to know which direction to lead. He will grant you peace in an area that even though the circumstances aren't figured out, you're going to have peace granted to you. Use that as a guiding marker for your life. Number four, every day, is a brand new day. You can choose to carry yesterday with you today, or you can choose to treat today like a brand new day with brand new decisions, brand new mercies, brand new forgiveness, brand new grace, brand new beginning. And I believe that that's a choice that we need to make every day, and I believe that's the healthiest choice. I don't think God is saying, they're saying, oh, I want you to feel more burdened about yesterday. What he's saying is in Lamentations, The faithful love of the Lord, it never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. That's for you. That's for today. We still have a half an hour of the a.m. with a brand new mercies for you. And tomorrow, every day, we'll bring a new morning. A new sun comes up and new grace, new forgiveness. The decisions that you made yesterday, the ones that you make today, and the ones that you have to make tomorrow are all shielded in the Lord's mercy when we look to Him for that strength. Make the decision to take time today to let go of what has already passed, to use the wisdom that you learned from yesterday, to use that for today, and that we can not worry and release the the anxiety for tomorrow. It's not going to add a day to our life to worry.
And this is a beautiful promise from the Lord that regardless of yesterday's disappointments, regardless of what you did or what you didn't do, God wants to release you of that. And he wants you to see day, today as a miracle. That every day is a gift from God. That every breath is given to us. And when you breathe in and you exhale, we realize that that is just another opportunity to realize in the moment something new. It's a beautiful promise for you and I that he is faithful, he is merciful, and he has love for you that is promised to you every single day, but it's our choice every day to believe in it. Are you going to make the choice to stand strong in his love? We have the choice. And I love how the, writers of, the writer of Hebrews reminds us of this truth. That through Jesus, God opened up the presence of grace. And mercy granted you access to receive his kindness when we need it the very most. Hebrews 4.16, the Passion Translation, I love it how it states it. So now we can come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. If you're in a time of weakness, come to the throne room of grace through prayer and receive the strength that God will build you with his kindness and his gentleness. Make that decision every single day to embrace his love every single day. And number five, this is the last point for us to be able to take a hold of and be able to grab a hold of to strengthen us, to make us strong and courageous as Joshua was. And as he has commanded him, he has commanded you, every single woman, every single man, to live in strength, to live in courage, to not be dismayed, to not be terrified of what the world has to throw at us, to be strong in your convictions, to be strong in your faith, to be strong as the individual that God has made you and the personality of who you are so that when you look in the mirror, you don't see something that you cringe at, but you see something that is strengthened and, and, and stronger because of the presence of God. That you don't have to rely upon the makeup to cover up the blemishes because God thinks you're beautiful. To pump iron at the gym just so that you can feel like you're a man. God is going to strengthen you and create an identity that when you look in the mirror, you see yourself as God sees yourself. As loved, as cherished, with purpose and design and power and strength. With a sound mind, with no fear of what the enemy can throw at you. You are confident. You are courageous. And you could tackle the enemy that is at your door and perhaps has got a foot. And that temptation will not take hold and take root. That discouragement is not meant for you. The enemy's pressures of life is not going to settle in to your identity. It's not you. I'm going off my notes here just a little bit. I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about an identity of who you are. And who you need to be. And who God has called us through the book of Joshua that there's battles, there is losses, 
There are heartache. There's even death. There's even remorse. There is sin. But through it all, God is faithful. And through it all, there was promises. And through it all, there were still his children. And through it all, the promises from Abraham to Moses, through Joshua, to the Israelites, to live in a land that is full of life and blessings, and not to forget who you are. The Israelites, in the last two chapters, was a reminder, do not forget who you are. And do not forget who I am. Do not forget what I have brought you out of. And do not return to the land of idolatry. Forget the gods that you used to worship. Forget the things that used to take up your mind and concentration. Forget the things that used to draw your attention and love away from me. Put that off. Be strong and confident in your faith in me. Be strong and confident in the grace and the forgiveness I have for you. Be strong and confident in who you are. You're going to mess up at times, but don't stay knocked down. Stand up. Be courageous. Be strengthened. And know that when God says, I forgive you, he forgave you. Look in the mirror, not as a sinner, but as one who has been set free. It doesn't matter if it was yesterday. It doesn't matter if it was this morning where you fell into a trap of sin and you say today, God, I need your forgiveness. You don't have to wait a week of doing good to receive that. It's instantaneous we mess up. We do. God, forgive us every time. We need your strength. Help us in our time of weakness. I need your mercy. Let that be a prayer on your lips. And number five, shoot back thanksgiving to God. Make the decision to thank him. Because his mercies are new every morning. His forgiveness is for you. His love is over you. It's a promise one of the best things that Katie and I do is I, I write on three by five cards, and I love three by five cards. I know it's nerdy. I know I could do it on the computer or my phone, but I like the three by five cards, and I write out my list for the day. But Katie and I, we 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 like to write out thanks to God at the end of the, the night, at the end of the day, and we keep those. And we've got a box of them, and it's just amazing how God moves in your life and it's amazing how much we would have forgotten that's probably the biggest areas that we forget how good God is because we forget to thank him it's the biggest area you want to defend yourself you want to defeat the enemy this is the best tool to do it because thankfulness is praise and whenever there's praise on your lips God inhabits the praises of his people there was power in praise worship is a beautiful experience with music, but that is only one area of entering into God's presence. Thank God for everything that happens in your day. I promise you, I promise you, I cannot overstate this. You will be more confident. God will reveal himself more. You will be, you'll see all the victories in your life. God will show your, his power in you, and you will begin to see in one week, you will see how life transforming, transforming this is for you. Use this. It will shift your focus, and you will begin to see streams in that desert. I promise. Because God is always with you in every day. I promise you. I can't overstate that. It is so big. It is so good. And I want to read this scripture verse. I want to close. Let's stand together.
and I, I want to apologize. I don't promise, God promises that it will change you. Make the decision to thank Him every day. Psalm 106, and there's many verses, but this is just one. Praise the Lord with an exclamation point. That's a shout. Praise the Lord. Praise Him. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He's good. Another exclamation point. Man, God's good. Some of us just need to be reminded how good God is. For His mercies, there we go again, endure forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? I know who can. We can. And who can declare all of His praise? We can. We have the opportunity because we have the choice, we have the decision, the challenge to say, God, you're good, and I'm going to praise you in all things. In all circumstances of my life, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to defeat the enemy with a thankful heart. Every day, I'm going to choose to serve God. For every day, me and this house will serve the Lord. So to recap, the five is this, and take one for yourself. Trust that God is going to work it out for your good. Whatever you're going through, it's going to be okay. Right? God says it's going to work out okay. It's going to be okay. Make that decision. Sometimes it's a decision that we have to center ourselves on and say, okay, God, I trust you. Two, he can make a way when everything looks impossible. He will guide you into a next step, a next arena. He will make a way. When everything looks impossible. Three, make the decision to trust the one who saw you from the beginning will see you to the end. He hasn't left you. Every day, we're going to make that decision. God, I know that you're going to bring this through, through uh, fruition. Number four, every day is a brand new day. Today's a new start. Tomorrow's a new start. We get new mercies every morning. Make the decision to receive that. And number five, make the decision to thank him for all that he is to you in your life. Where has he brought you from? And where is he bringing you to? Every day we have a choice, big and small. And every day we can choose to ask God to help us in our decisions. That's what we're going to do today. So I want to pray for us to just, one week, to ask God to help us, because <laughs> we need that, to make decisions and choices that reflect him or honor him we want to but we need the holy spirit's help to quicken our mind and our hearts sometimes to do that so let's pray together and i'm not going to ask for a raise of hands because i think this is all of us in some arena we need help in this area of our life so let's bow our heads and let's just close our eyes and let's think about who god is calling you to be and the decision that you made have made to follow him and to serve him and i want to pray over you a blessing and then i want to ask that we that you repeat a small prayer after me as we make decisions forward god i thank you that you have blessed us you have been there for us you have protected us in the good times and the bad. Lord, you promised there would be 
hardships and difficulties in this life, but you also promised us peace, and we can always hold on to that. Thank you. We also thank you, God, that this physical life is, Lord, it's not the end. It's not lights out when we die, but we enter into a new life with you, God, as we can look forward to eternity. It's a reality and it's a fact. Help us, God, to see eyes that are changed by your Holy Spirit. Reveal deep things into our soul that we've never seen before. And the circumstances that we face today, help us to trust you with a greater sense of faith as we release the pressure and stress trying to answer life's problems on our own. Help us to let them play out in your way as we give it to you in faith. Our time is yours. All of it is. We make a decision today to stand strong in you. Strengthen us on the inside out, God, to be the people that you've called us to be. Strong men and women who are identified by an all-loving and powerful God. We need your Holy Spirit's work in Jesus' name. Now I want to pray this last prayer. It's just real short. Sometimes it's good for us, and I think it's good for us to declare to God and the enemy, it's Satan who is going to try and get you verbally where you stand and declare the name of Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, guide my decisions this week. Every day, I honor you with my choices. Lead me and guide me every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good, isn't he? God is good. Let the good, good Father continue to speak over your life this week. Every day, his love is new for you. His mercies are every day. He sees you. He knows you. He knows you're weak. And he has plans for you to prosper you, not to harm you. A future filled with hope. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. You are dismissed. We'll see you next Sunday.